0: Everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, I'm looking for my good buddy, Seth Robinson. Seth? Hey, how's it going? It's going all right. Going all right. Watching some snow starting to fall outside my window. Unexpected. Um, I don't know if it's going to accumulate too much, but uh didn't know it was going to snow today. But otherwise, yeah, yeah, pretty mellow. Taking in the new year. How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, feeling kind of settled in. I know we first time we talked was right after the new year got started, and kind of a turbulent time. Um, but
0: uh, yeah, I guess I'm in, I'm I'm a little mellow now after yesterday's excitement, about the, the inauguration, and everything that was going on all day. Um, yeah, I
1: wonder I wonder if every time we talk, there will have been some big event on Wednesday in the Capitol. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you, you never know. Um, so um, my, my great hope is that we have a return to uh, fewer crazy events and more normalcy, but we'll see how that yeah. goes. Yeah.
1: Well, we got a good episode planned for today and uh, kind of a fun thing for this episode. This is our first time being on YouTube. So I mean, anyone that's listening to this is probably listening to it through, you know, some podcast catcher or whatever they were listening to it before. But if you're catching us out on YouTube, then welcome. Uh, hope hope you stick with us for a while, and we'll be we'll be posting new episodes every other Friday, just like we do everywhere else. Uh, and and for now, we're just starting out with the audio. Maybe video will be in the future, but uh, we're just testing it out.
0: We're just waiting for me to get my makeover, and then we can start the
1: video, right? Okay. Well, you you let me know, and then we'll okay. go from there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, for today's episode. We have a guest, and we want to welcome Mark Brigman. He is the founder and CEO of Partnernomics, which is an organization that talks about building out a partnering program, and that's obviously pretty near and dear to our hearts. Uh, We deal a lot with vendors, distributors, and partners, and I think Mark looks at at different industries outside of just the IT industry, Um, but we're really excited to hear what he has to say. So, Mark, welcome to Volley.
2: Thank you very much. I
1: appreciate the opportunity. You want to tell us a little bit more about uh, Partnernomics?
2: Sure. Yeah, I guess in a nutshell, I uh, started my career in the late 90s uh, working at Sprint, and I was just lucky to be at a pretty cool large company that was in the process of really um, envisioning what the smartphone was going to be and just having a part of that process. But I quickly found this world of strategic partnering um, I was in you know different parting roles at Sprint for 13 years, and then uh, was an executive uh, at another national software company for three years, and then after finishing a, a college research program where I dug into the topic of partnership success for eight years, um, I just really just had this draw to have a training and consulting company, a coaching company, to work with people, professionals across the world, doing this. Partnering thing and trying to figure out how to do it better. So we launched Partneronomics uh, six years ago, and that's what we do across the globe. Work with uh, professionals from Fortune tens uh, all the way down to startups to help them uh, better leverage the power of partnership.
0: That's fascinating. I've been following um, the indirect channel for decades now, and 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 all that it has morphed into over the over the years. I'm interested, Mark, on your take on the importance of partnerships, and I'm sure that you'll, you know, big, big thumbs up there, uh, but how um, vendors and other organizations, how you in, introduce them to the value proposition of partnering and not simply selling direct and 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 what that proposition looks like when you're describing it to others.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, they, they probably don't have to ask very many people and they, they see the value there. You know, I think that... Well, just it's really been highlighted over the last 10 months with COVID of, of how small the world is. And what I mean by that is we can connect with anyone around the world at any time. And, you know, so this globalized economy that we that we found ourselves in over the last, I would say, five to ten years, and also just the proliferation of all different types of technology, business is becoming so fast and so complicated that The days of the the general electrics are, I think, behind us. It's just, it's about speed, agility, and and ultimately, it's about providing the maximum amount of value to your customers that you can. And I think there's no question that that's through partnerships. Uh, KPMG put out a study a little over a year ago and said, of the five different ways to grow your business, partnering being one of those right acquisition being one of those organic being one outsourcing um, of the five different ways to grow your business. You know, what, what, what is your dominant strategy? 38% of CEOs said it's through partnerships. And it's, um, it's just because it, I think it's proven that when done correctly, uh, when done correctly, there's just no comparison from an economics pr- perspective.
1: Mark, I wanted to dive deeper on something that you mentioned there. The, the the value that these companies are trying to extend, you know, out to eventually the end customer. One thing that we've talked about, you know, here in the IT industry is that the, the indirect channel mostly sprung up to distribute product. And during that time, I'm I'm guessing that a lot of the vendors viewed the value was just selling the product. Um, you know, if that product could get sold, they were happy. And and now I think there's a different view on that, whether the product is still physical or especially as it's become digital. I, I think there's kind of this confusion a little bit, or or maybe questioning when the product is digital of, of saying like, well, do you really need an indirect channel to distribute that product? And probably you don't need it for distribution as much, but the question of value has changed now where it's not just having an end user purchase that product, but now they should be using it, you know, especially if you're trying to sell it on a subscription basis or whatever that is. And so it it, has that notion of value really changed the way that people are approaching the partnering relationship.
2: Yeah, I think so, Seth, I I think you hit the nail on the head. Something that I really love is you know, Clayton Christensen, the the jobs to be done. And so it all goes back to our jobs as solutions providers is to make the easy button as big as possible, right? We're not selling products, not selling services, but truly selling solutions. You know, so as we think about, you know, the IT world itself, I mean, just think about the last 10 years with security, uh, artificial intelligence, predictive analytics, uh, integrating with other software packages, making things work on mobile, Uh, user analytics, getting these insights, understanding how people are using our platform. It's becoming so complicated, But, but in each of those elements is an opportunity to differentiate, is an opportunity to provide more value. And so, yeah, I think, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago from, you know, from an IT side, it was really about distribution and kind of sales and reach first. But now we're seeing a lot more of just innovation and, and finding ways to bring more, to make the easy button bigger, to bring more value into our solutions.
0: I think that's a great point. I mean, we did a, a study, a qualitative study last year uh, about the vendor partner landscape and how the dynamic has changed. Dramatically, some of the findings that we got um, that, you know, it used to be like you, like you just said, Mark, very much a landscape where it was linear. It was the vendor ruled and then it flowed through distribution and then to the partner and then to the end customer and it was a straight line. And with the, you know, the cloud computing world that's changed dramatically. And the type of partners have changed dramatically. They're not necessarily, as you said here, taking title to any product whatsoever uh, or a service. They may just simply be a consultant, you know, like yourself and, 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 and that's how they make their money through referrals and influencing uh, the vendor's product. And so what we've seen is the leverage has changed so much between partners and vendors where vendors used to have so much control Uh, where a partner would always go to market leading with who they aligned with on the vendor side. I sell IBM, I'm an IBM certified XYZ, I'm in their platinum program, et cetera. It was on all their business cards. Um, That's not the case today. Partners actually are are, are starting to have to really brand themselves, have their own reputations. And what's under the covers is abstracted uh, on the product and service side uh, from the customer itself. I'm wondering if you see that same dynamic in some of the relationships that you work with, uh, whether that is uh, IT industry or not.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just, it's interesting to to look back over the past couple of decades with, you know, Michael Dell, right? He was almost ousted as, as the leader. Steve Jobs, he was booted, you know, and then eventually brought back. Over the last couple of decades and definitely in the last several years, as, as you mentioned, It's it's not linear. It's more of a of a web. (laughs) It's it's a complicated web. There's a lot of different pieces and components, and that's what's really bringing rise to, you know, like this kind of services and consulting arm to bring people in that are a little bit closer to each of these different niches. You know, it's almost like you have a bunch of different niches that then are, are pulled together to 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 make up the ecosystem. Yeah, but the ecosystem is there's a bunch of different ecosystems. It's almost like every vertical even has then multiple ecosystems, Mm -hmm. you know, as we move even further into, you know, these, these platforms, these software platforms that now help to manage different ecosystems, pretty much every industry has multiple platforms. And that's really what they try to do is to pull and connect and organize all of these different pieces.
1: So, Mark, I think that's you know a lot around why someone would want to to partner uh, in in this day and age, even. Uh, but how how do they go about it? Uh, you know, what are what are some of the details uh, that that go into thinking through a partner program, and and what kind of elements you know are really important as as someone's trying to build out uh, a, a network of, of partners?
2: Yeah, great question. I think it I think it starts with the question of why. You know, why is you know a CEO and executive team, why are they interested in in jumping in and leveraging the power of partnership? Times that I've seen the answer be, well, because our direct approach or kind of doing it in-house, doing it organic isn't working. So we want to go uh external, we want to use the the indirect. Typically that's that's indicative of a larger issue. Uh, within the company. And so, you know, I think question number one is why do you want to go indirect? Why do you want to to leverage partnerships? And then really, what is it that you want to get out of it? As we've already mentioned, there's lots of different ways and reasons that we do partner. Is it for sales? Is it for just brand awareness? Is it for innovation and to bring in new technologies? Is it for, you know, there's <laughs> dozens and dozens and dozens of reasons why? But uh, needing to, to understand really begin with the end in mind, right? What are we trying to accomplish? And then how do we do that through partnerships? Yes, partnerships can be faster. Yes, they can be cheaper. Yes, they can bring more value because we have this opportunity to, to cross-pollinate and to, to really leverage the capabilities and assets and, um, you know, the knowledge of others. But we really need to kind of start with, with understanding what we want to get out of it and to be really intentional about that.
0: Yeah. My question is, you know, what's the secret sauce that makes partnership work? Uh, We've done tons of studies. I've followed this over the years. There's always been talk about partnering between um, solution providers themselves. So P2P to kind of fill skills gaps within an organization, say one solution provider is, you know, steeped in software and the other is a hardware provider infrastructure of some sort. And they, um, they bond and form a partnership so that they're able to go to a customer and be able to be a one stop shop. But often, what we found is those partnerships sometimes they just fall apart because there's no, they don't codify them. There's no ac- accountability. There's no rules of engagement. It's sort of a handshake thing. So, I'm curious um, what your advice is so, for, you know, like I said, the secret sauce for making a partnership work beyond. The one time that you go to, you know, you go to market together, you know, and and then you don't talk to each other on the phone for the next, you know, twelve months, kind of thing.
2: Yeah, exactly. And this this is really kind of the the million billion trillion dollar question, and uh, and this is really what I poured, you know, my heart into for for eight years uh, from an academic perspective to to uncover. And so there's several different lenses. One thing that I'll say, just kind of right out of the gate, is so many times whenever we look at you know, failure rates in partnerships. And many studies say that the failure rates in partnerships within two years is upwards of 70%. Some say it's even higher. A lot of times, whenever, they, whenever people evaluate failed partnerships, they, they only look at the post-contract signature activities. Well, I believe, and all the research suggests that partnership success, a big part of partnership success starts well before the contract is ever signed. So what does that mean? Um, Just like in marriage, right? We date, we have this courting period. We, We understand who we are, where we're trying to go, right? Kind of that vision, right? Vision, mission, our core values, what we believe, where we're trying to go. And, you know, we need to align ourselves strategically with our partners You know, there's, well, partnering itself is on a continuum, right? That's kind of one thing that we need to address right out of the gate. Partnering is on a continuum. One side of that continuum is very transactional and almost kind of commodities-based where it's just somebody checking a box for us. And in that case, you know, kind kind of boring and pretty easy to see if somebody's willing to check the box for us or not. Most of the time, it's just about price. The opposite end of the spectrum is truly where strategic partnerships come in. And that's where we're working together, we're collaborating to do, to execute some innovation, something different, something that's gonna create a paradigm shift. And that's where we're going to to have an opportunity to create this competitive advantage, have an opportunity to put a solution market that's going to be high margin producing. And in those cases, we are in the middle of a recipe. Whenever we are in a highly innovative partnership, you know, a, a partnership that's based on innovation, by definition, There is no recipe. It's going to be messy. It takes collaboration. And so in those cases, you really have to have cultural alignment, kind of be speaking the same language, be interested in going the same place, the same direction as this partner and really understanding the value that our partners are hoping to seek out of this. You know, when we, we, we teach whenever we are looking to evaluate potential partners, the conversation really has to center around the partner candidates. What are they wanting to get out of this? And if if our intentions of the partnership is not to provide the value that they are seeking, it is not going to work. And so instead of approaching those partnering conversations or potential partner conversations around, hey, I need more sales distribution. Hey, I need innovation hey i need a bigger stronger brand and i want to pull my next to yours instead of it being about me it really needs to be about your partner because if you can provide value to your partner you are set you are good you are in that relationship will last
0: so what's the dating app for uh for
2: business partnering where do you find partners (laughs) partnernomics.com that's how we learn it that's how we learn it um you know, so I mean, it's different for different industries, different people. So, you know, partnerships is about relationships, right? That's one thing I love about partnerships is it all comes down to people, right? Uh, companies don't do business with companies, people do business with people. And, um, you know, Apple and at and back in 2006, whenever they, you know, working on the iPhone, it wasn't two companies partnering, it was a group of executives that started conversations at each company. And, we kick off these conversations in a lot of different ways, but it really goes back to what we were chatting about a few minutes ago. Um, It's not linear. It's, it's, it's a web. And it's through this network um, that, that we make connections, make contacts and, and we have conversations and we set our value prop out there. We set our vision out there of, of what we are today, but really where we're trying to go. And, and then we methodically, hopefully, uh, methodically, really put that plan in place of of how uh, another organization can provide value to us and vice versa.
1: So, Mark, you you talked about meeting each other and and getting to know each other, and one of the big ways that that used to happen was at trade shows or face to face things where you know a vendor or something would set up a booth and people would come by and they'd they'd get to know each other a little bit and maybe maybe start the dance there. Are you seeing some new things pop up now that we don't have that, that face-to-face? You now, even if that face-to-face is going to come back somewhere down the road, are there some new things that companies have started doing to try to meet some new people uh, or, or strike up some new conversations now that they're not getting out on the road quite as much?
2: You know, it's been interesting, I think, you know, over the last, I guess I'll call it 10 months, but you know, it's, it's gone on even, I think that within the last couple of years, the power of video and not, not necessarily from, you know, the, the zoom perspective of, of that, but it's, it's companies uh, promoting themselves, promoting their solutions, promoting even their culture and the way that they uh, do business to extend their brand and their message to give us an opportunity to to see that, you know, I, I mean, really, just from from LinkedIn as a platform, it's it's been really interesting. You know, a lot of the improvements that that has made. You know, it's it's a great communication and collaboration platform. You know, like everybody else, I can't wait to to get back to traveling and connecting with people at trade shows and and shaking hands and doing that face to face work. But you know, I think even in the last ten months, it's it's still. Me making a connection for Seth because you know I think he you know, I think he needs to have a conversation with Sally or whoever the person is. I don't think those things have changed really at all. I mean I don't think they they ever will change. Is just the power of network, the power of um, having our own network of professionals just based upon our own credibility and the relationships that we have. All of that is is never going to change. But um, it's been interesting to see, though, what the power of video has done and just the the different platforms to see companies able to represent themselves through video and do it very professionally. I mean, 10 years ago, it used to cost 50 or $100,000 to do a very simple spot on video. Today, you and I can do it (laughs) in about five or 10 minutes if we want to and make it look pretty decent and, and, and share a compelling message across the world.
0: So I I think we can we start to wrap it up here, but I wanna leave I want to ask you one final question. Um it's really sort of brass tacks. Uh if you're looking to partner, what are some of the um attributes that you would say are the important things to be looking for in a successful partnership?
2: Yeah, so we have a framework, we call it the partnership success pyramid, and I'll just kind of share it real quick, but um, I interviewed well over 100 executives, partnering executives, and asked them basically that very question. I mean, what are the imperatives for partnership success? And there's five elements. The first, the foundation is trust, right? So it's all about relationships and it's all about building trust. The second is alignment. So it's alignment of vision, mission, core values, and goals. We have to want, we have to speak the same language and we have to want to go to the same place. Uh, transparency is the third level. So it's all about clear, honest, and timely communications. Um, the fourth is what we call esprit de corps, which is the ultimate level of commitment. Partnerships are tough. Partnerships are hard, hard work. And without commitment, you really have nothing. So you must have that. And then the fifth and final is results, right? We, we set out our intended outcomes and in order for partnerships to work, obviously, we have to uh, accomplish our objectives.
0: That's great. Very succinct, too. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very good stuff. I, I feel like we've probably only scratched the surface here. Um, I know that this is stuff that you look at all the time. Uh, yeah, I say
2: I could go for about 40 more hours if <laughs> you'd like.
1: <laughs> yeah, that would uh, that would definitely be a new volley record. Yeah. So, um, Maybe maybe another time, but uh, I I'll definitely include in the show notes uh, some some links to uh, Partnernomics uh, so that people can check out all of the information that Mark has there. And Mark, we we really appreciate your time. It's been a great conversation.
2: Yeah, thank you, Seth. Thank you, thank you, Caroline. Really appreciate uh, the opportunity.
1: Thanks for thanks for joining us. We appreciate it as well. All right. Well, everyone, have a good one. And Caroline, I'll talk to you soon.
0: Yep. You bet. Thanks guys. Bye-bye.